How does a mermaid wash her tail? With Tide. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 105. I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I am shivering as I am recording this episode because it is currently snowing outside. Snowing! <laughs> Look, I really love snow for about three days, and then I'm done with it. I'm just going to tell you the truth right there. <laughs> That's why when I grew up, I left Indiana, I left the north, and I went down south to Texas for a few years. Then we hopped over to Florida for a few years. And for some weird reason, we moved back to the cold, to the snow. Since it is currently snowing, I would also like to catch you up on some current events. This is not something that I normally do, but I did happen to stumble across these two bits of news, and I was very excited and wanted to share it with everybody. The first one is about Alaska Airlines, and they are getting rid of plastic bottles and cups for water. The change will remove an estimated 22 million plastic cups and 32 million plastic bottles from flights from now through 2022. To put that figure into perspective, that's equivalent to the weight of 18 Boeing 737s. Way to go, Alaska Airlines. I am very, very impressed and pleased at the same time. And now that you're the first to do it, hopefully other airlines and even other companies altogether will follow suit. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And the second bit of news that I wanted to share with you is about Meal Kit Pioneer Gusto Recipe Box. They trialed a pea protein-based film that exhibits many of the berry properties that plastic offers, but instead of having to be discarded, the edible film dissolves harmlessly in hot water as the meal is cooked. That is something when I interviewed Tyler Mayoris from Cool Beans, we talked about that. Currently, there is not any type of food protective barrier that would replace plastic and keep food well-preserved without composting or breaking down while it was still sitting on the shelf and waiting to be purchased and then consumed. So it looks like now there's one on the rise, which is fantastic because once that comes through, think of how much, at least in my world, in my home, majority of our waste comes from the plastic wrapping around food. We try to buy as best as possible, but there's still a whole bunch of things that come with plastic wrapped around them that you just can't help. So I think it'd be fantastic if we could replace all of that plastic with this pea protein creation and significantly reduce our waste. Heck yeah. Those are the current events of the world. Now let's fill you in on what's going on in my world with our catch up segment. I feel like the things that I did this past week do not even compare to the two news articles that I just shared with you, but I'm still going to share it with you anyways, because this is about the sustainable journey and I want to share things that do and don't work. And this past weekend, I did finally switch out my spring summer clothing for my fall winter clothing. And if you don't remember, at the very beginning of the year, January 1st, I switched the direction of every single hanger in my closet. This way, the hook part on all of them was facing backwards. And as I would wear an item, wash it and rehang it, I would hang the hook back on the correct direction. And then this way, it would be very easy to see which items I was or was not wearing. 
So when I finally switched out my spring summer clothes, I could very easily tell which items needed to get donated, all the ones that were still facing backwards. And so now that I have hung up all of my fall winter clothing, I've done the same thing. They all went onto hangers with the hook backwards. And so as I wear them or don't wear them throughout this season, then come next spring, summer, when it's time to swap my wardrobe again, I'll know exactly which ones to put into the donation pile. This little trick is really more towards minimalizing because that was one of my New Year's resolutions was to really embrace minimalism and reduce it down. I had a closet full of clothes and an additional four tubs of clothes between summer, winter, fall, spring, work, college, (laughs) maternity. I had tons and tons of clothes. And so this is helping me narrow it down. And then all of that clothing, if it's good clothing, that's getting donated. And if it's not so good and not so great, it's not beautiful condition anymore, then that is still getting donated. But to our Etsy shop, Start Sustainable, where Amanda, the merchandise maker, can turn it into a beautiful new creation. More on that later. That's actually the main topic of this episode, but I'm not done catching up with you. So we're going to come back to that. The other thing I wanted to share with everybody was I'm pretty sure by now most people who listen to this podcast know of the trick where you can save all of your vegetable scraps. Every time you cook from home, you have your peels, your cores, your stems, the seeds, all of that. You save it in whatever container you want and you keep that in your freezer. And so every time you cook, you just keep adding to that container and freeze it. And when that container is full, then you can boil water with all of the veggie scraps. And then we'll save our chicken bones and put those in there as well and create a homemade stock. So you can do a veggie stock. You can do a chicken and veggie stock, whatever it is. As long as you're reusing the food and repurposing it, you get your homemade stock. And this is a fantastic way to utilize food scraps and reduce food waste. But what about the fruit? So a few months ago, I canned peaches and saved all of the peels in our freezer and then saved the leftover peach juice from the canning process, added them together and boiled it for a few hours to cook off all of the excess water and created a homemade peach syrup. You just strain all all the little fruit bits and I poured it into a glass jar that I had on hand and it turned out to be phenomenal. (laughs) So good. And so because of that, I started doing that again. I saved peach, apple, and pear peels and cores. I just kept adding them to a container that I had in the freezer. So I had my little veggie container and then I had a fruit-based container. And when the fruit container was full, I added it in with previously canned peach juice because when I canned peaches a few months ago, I had so much of that juice left over. I ended up canning just like three quart jars of the juice. (laughs) So, So now I've taken another canned peach juice that I had and mixed it with all of the fruit peelings and created a mixed fruit syrup, added in a little bit of cinnamon and a little bit of vanilla and boiled it down to a beautiful, even more delicious syrup. And that turned out absolutely amazing. And it's going on everything. (laughs) Like I am purposefully making French toast and pancakes and waffles just so I could put this syrup on it and eat it. So yeah, I am way excited that I found yet another way to spare fruit scraps from going to the landfill and giving them another purpose, a very, very tasty purpose. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. Now for a special announcement. Facebook has added a podcast section to the pages. So if you follow the Starting Sustainability Facebook page, 
which there is a starting sustainability Facebook group. And then there's also a page. If you're following the page, you should be able to access and listen to new episodes, the full episode, not just the 59 second clip that I have to upload every single week. So now the, the full episode goes through, which is wonderful because it is less work for me to create those little clippets. <laughs> Sound bites is what they're called. So I don't have to create those anymore because now Facebook will just literally launch the entire episode. And now you can listen to it on Facebook. You don't even have to have a special podcast player and it's easier for you to share with others because that's half the battle. I literally had to email my parents the full episode because they're not familiar with smartphones or how to access apps, nonetheless special podcast apps, but they do know Facebook. So now I can just send it to them via Facebook. So I am super thrilled about that. I am super excited and I set it up this past Monday. So we're gonna find out if I did it correctly or not, literally starting tomorrow. <laughs> Over a year ago, I had an idea to set up merchandise for starting sustainability, a way that fans could support the show and also an avenue for fans stuff to prevent it from going to the landfill. Items that weren't nice enough for secondhand shop, but could definitely be repurposed into something else. Not everyone has creativity, skills, or time to repurpose old items. And therefore, I set out to find a merchandise maker because I also don't have the time <laughs> and I have mediocre sewing skills. <laughs> and there were definitely a few bumps along the way and I ended up putting out a call on the podcast episode and Amanda Canfield answered that call and has done a marvelous job. You've heard me talk about Amanda and the beautiful handmade creations. In episode 100, you got to briefly meet her as well. And today, we will officially introduce you to Amanda Canfield as our merchandise maker and ask all of the probing questions so you can meet and befriend her as well. She is really a lovely person, and I want you to get to know her the way that I do. Please listen in on my interview with Amanda Canfield. And joining us today is Amanda Canfield, the merchandise maker for our Start Sustainable Etsy shop. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Kaylin. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you too. <laughs> yeah, physically, I can time. see you on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, the reason that we are doing this call today is because the Sustainer Nation all of the starting sustainability listeners, they have heard me talk about you, but they really don't know you. So I wanted to bring you on as a guest so they could get a chance to know who Amanda, the merchandise maker really is. So, well, I guess I take it back. They do know you a little bit from the trivia 100 episode. <laughs> that was a trip. <laughs> that was fun. But now they can get to know you on a much more personal level. So we'll start it off with a really hard hitting question. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a mom, a stepmom, and also we have a bazillion animals, literally. No, I'm just playing. Not a bazillion, but just, just one million and two. <laughs> That's what it feels like some days. I mean, to be honest, dogs, cats, tortoise, ferret, ducks, chickens, goats now. And worms, right? Do you still have your worms? Oh, yes. We have the worms. <laughs> Three bins now instead of one. Yeah, you got a lot going on over there. So you have a beautiful family. Yeah, my youngest is my son. My oldest is my um, stepdaughter. And my husband's great because he puts up with me and all my side projects everywhere. 
and always being like, hey, what about doing this now? He's actually been really good about being on board with most stuff. He was the one that whined the chickens, though. And we both kind of whined goats. So so are you out in the middle of the country? Or are you in a small town? Or where do you live to house all of these animals? So we have a little bit over an acre. But we are, we're outside of the main town. And we're like on the edge of the borderlines. It's kind of one of those weird ones where like you look across the street and there's all fields. And then you can go 15 minutes down the road and you're in town. Oh, okay. That's actually quite ideal because when you grow up in the country, like out in the middle of nowhere, it stinks because you're like, oh, shoot, we're out of milk. I got to drive 30 minutes into town to get milk. Like, <laughs> so, so you're in a good spot. We did. We got lucky with that because literally the closest grocery store is 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, good. We have something close. But the main one we go to is pretty much 30 minutes. So I'm wondering your journey into sustainability, did that be, did that come before or after you acquired this house in the acreage? That's kind of hard. Cause like we were somewhat starting that way anyway. When I grew up, we were way, way like out in the country kind of deal. And then as we got older, we ended up moving more city and then it was city for a long time. And then ever since then, I've slowly been like, let's get away from that more, more, more away from city stuff. And when we first got the house, it was kind of like, okay, well, we already did a lot of like sustainable things that we didn't really realize we were doing, like the secondhand clothes shopping, stuff like that. But then recently, actually, um, just before the pandemic started, we started kind of like reevaluating things a lot more and really like thinking on it and being like, eh, we just want to be like more self-sufficient and let's see what, what else we can cut. And then we started listening to, well, I started listening to the sustainable podcasts and stuff. And then I tell my husband, Hey, what about this? We could get rid of that. Right. Like we don't need to use this anymore. And so it's slowly been one of those things where he's like, okay, yeah, let's try it. Okay. Okay. So our husbands are similar as it took them a while to like jump on the sustainability train, but they're getting there. I would say my husband was pretty good about it. Like from the jump, there were a couple of things that was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And one of the big ones was unplugging all the little extras that weren't consistently used and seeing like the difference after a couple of months in the prices. And then slowly like, um, like the shampoo bars. One of the ladies I work with down by in a farmer's market, she makes all kinds of soaps and stuff like that. So I started getting the bar soaps instead of the squirty ones. And everybody was like, Oh, I really like these. I'm like, yeah. So I was slowly like, we're just getting rid of that, you know, like I'll work them over. So, and then like the shampoo bars, like the amount that they last more and you don't need as much. And so everybody's kind of been like, can you give me another one? It's slowly been like, okay, we're getting rid of that too. And that it's a slow transition. And I think my, my husband was definitely on board with my crazy antics. If I could prove that it was going to save us a lot of money. And when it came to things like cloth diapers or cloth napkins, I would be the one to do the work. If his choice is to wash a napkin, an extra load of laundry to do the napkins or to do paper towel and just disposable, he's going to opt for the paper towel. So I had to be the one to, okay, I will buy the cloth napkins. I will wash the cloth napkins. I will fold them and have them ready to go. <laughs> and when I go out of town on vacation for a week and we run out of cloth napkins, he will go to the store and buy paper towel versus doing a load of cloth napkins. 
Oh my goodness. But, but, but he's definitely, he's more on board now than he was. He's obviously not quite at my level, but he is getting there. So I am grateful for the little bit that he's getting to. So yeah, I think our husbands might be a little bit different, but but family-wise, it, it slow changes a little bit at a time. And if you can prove it's saving money or that this is making life easier or the shampoo bars really did make my hair a whole lot softer, then, then everybody's like, yeah, they're, they're climbing on the sustainability train at that point. <laughs> that is so true. So you do all of this animal raising, self-sufficient projects, running a household, your super mom, and what's your full-time job? Share that. I am a small business owner and I don't have any employees other than me. (laughs) You're you're your own boss. Yes. (laughs) What's your business? Tell us. It's Howl About It Bakery, like Howl in the dog howling. And it's all dog treats and pet items for the most part. I have started slightly branching out with a couple little things that are more like people things, but it's like an apron or a chef hat. But mainly it's dog treats like dry treats and cakes and birthday cakes and cupcakes and donuts. And we have what we call pooparoons now. So like macaroons for people, but they're smaller. And the cake batter for the dog cakes doesn't puff like people cake does. So they look like little poop emojis. Oh, <laughs> so we call them pooparoons. And they sell? Oh, God, yeah. Everybody oh. loves them. They get the biggest <laughs> kick out of them. And you're in Howell, Michigan. Yep. So at Howell About It Bakery is in Howell, Michigan. So it's a play on words for both the town and that it's four dogs. They are spelled completely different, which is kind of funny. And actually even funnier, I had picked that name out 10 years before I ever even moved here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. That was, that was just a beautiful coincidence. It was. It was. <laughs> How long have you been running the bakery? It's funny. My husband got the website for me. I want to say it was 2012 or 2013 as a Christmas gift um, because I was kind of dragging my feet with it. So he kind of was like, here you go. Now you have to do it because then it's wasted if you don't. And I already paid for it for a year. So he kind of gave me that big push in. And then it was like a slow progression. So I would say probably 2014's when the real big diving came. And then it's just been that ever since. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. So outside of the bakery and being a mom and raising chickens (laughs) and a lot of animals, what are some of your other hobbies and interests? Oh my God. Gardens. I love doing the gardens. Oh God. I'm so awful at those. (laughs) It definitely takes time. I will say when we got here, we've been in this house seven years. And when we first got here, it started with one. I'm just going to do a little garden. And then the next year, I'm like, okay, we need a second garden. We have to have something for the tortoise. And then the next year, it was like, I want to make these gourd creations and just grow certain gourds I can just decorate and make stuff with, right? So then we had a third garden. So we've kind of just slowly been expanding. (laughs) How many gardens do you have now? Well, I have three and then two straw bale gardens that were experiments this year. And I convinced my husband to give up some more space because I want to grow dahlias. They're really pretty flowers. And I want to try some 
extra flower gardening other than the five other flower beds. Like, I I just want to grow something else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so outside of gardening, what are, what are your other hobbies and interests? Oh, I recently took up paper quilling last Christmas. Oh, wow. I do know what that is, but go ahead and describe it for the listeners. So it's using little strips of paper, rolling and folding them. When you glue them, they're not flat. Like it's almost like making a picture with all the different colors and rolled up papers. And like you can pinch them and make them look like diamonds and they uncoil slightly. So you got to like glue them and then you can glue them down on the paper. And then when you stand it up, it kind of pops it out. I don't know if that's a good description, but it's just neat. And how about sewing? Is that a hobby or an interest of yours? Oh, yes. Actually, funny story. I haven't had my sewing machine that long. I probably got it maybe a year or two before we started talking. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. um, I had a little bit of a traumatic experience with them when I was younger, and I actually refused to touch a sewing machine up until a few years ago. Oh, wow. So this is a new skill for you. It is. It is. Actually, my dad and my mom used to sew all the time. I'd always watch them. And I kept asking for them to teach me. And they were busy, you know. So the one day I was like, I can do this. And I went up in the sewing room and tried to sew a piece of fabric. And the foot wasn't down or anything. And I was standing and I stepped on the pedal. And my finger went under and the needle went in and out a couple of times and bent around the bone in my finger and was stuck there. So they had to come detach me from the sewing machine. So after that, I was like, no, I'm never touching one again. Who knows? Like, had you not had that traumatic experience and your parents would have taught you, you could have been like the next contestant on uh, what's that fashion show, the fashion runway. Project Runaway. There we go. You could have been like the winning contestant on Project Runaway. Who knows what would have happened? But hey, I'm really glad that you eventually got over your fear. You did pick up sewing. You are excellent at it. That's why you joined the Starting Sustainability team and you've become our merchandise maker. Before you started doing Starting Sustainability merchandise, what creations had you made before that point? Now I'm really curious because apparently you only had like a year or two experience. I've been sewing. I've been sewing since I think I learned how to in seventh grade for 4-H and I suck at it. I can just do like repairs. <laughs> okay. I, I can do basic repairs. I can sew a straight line. I can do the pillow because that's four straight lines, <laughs> but But anything else like an outfit or an apron, that stuff does not, not in my repertoire at all. So now I really want like, what was your skill set before I hired you on to be the merchandise maker? Oh my God. I think the first thing that I truly sewed like all on the machine, Ender had a bunch of old receiving blankets and now that he's older, you know, he doesn't use them. A friend of mine was like, oh, you can cut them up and make like a little blanket for them out of them. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And she goes, you just cut them in this size square and then you sew each one together and get your length and all that. So that took that took a long time because I was so slow at it at that point. I'm like, okay, couple stitches. Okay, my fingers are too close. (laughs) So it definitely took me a while, but his blanket was probably the very first thing I made because it was literally like straight line here, straight line here. And then I ended up making everybody pajamas. Well, both the kids pajamas. 
And I made my husband a pair of comfy pajama pants. <laughs> and the very first ones, Enders was super big on, like we had to roll the waistband and his shirt was slightly lopsided. It was kind of an angle, but he was happy with it. Abby's, oh my God, her pants were like jumbo on her. And I was like, but I went by the pattern. So apparently I wasn't taking my hems in all the way on the inside. And I was like, well, they'll fit for a while, right? And then as we washed them, that's when I learned like you always pre-wash any new fabrics because everything slowly just kept shrinking. So most of theirs ended up being like capris for them. And they were so kind as to continue wearing them until they really didn't fit anymore. In regards to gardening or sewing or any hobby, obviously you're not going to be perfect at it right from the get-go. And every time you do it, you learn a lesson. And as long as you keep learning your lessons, then eventually you become really, really good at it. That is so yeah. true. And, and you are really good at it now. Thanks. I have to say, anytime I have a problem now, I call my mother-in-law and I'm like, hey, um, you know that sewing machine you got me? Like this is making this noise or it's doing this. Like, what am I doing wrong? And at one point I was like, yeah, it keeps like catching. And she goes, did you change the needle? And I was like, why would I change the needle? It's still sharp. And she goes, how many times have you changed it since you got it? I was like, never. And she goes, change your needle. I'll fix it. Yeah, sure enough, it did. Yeah. Just keep learning lessons. You'll get more. You will sharpen your skill as a seamstress and as a sewing machine mechanic. <laughs> That's that is what she's told me. Much like we have a lot of people helping us. So we have wonderful people in our audience of Sustainer Nation. And I think that they would love to support the show as best as possible. And that's why we came up with the merchandise line, because I wanted to do some type of merchandise where people can show their appreciation, but I didn't want to just go get t-shirts and print a logo on them. I was like, that kind of really goes against my message as starting sustainability. Like why would, (laughs) why would you go buy something brand new? (laughs) I want you to buy used and reuse. And the message is to reuse your items and repurpose them and don't just throw them away. So that's what gave me the idea of starting up our merchandise shop. And that's where I reached out to the listeners. Actually, I just put a whole little message out there. I was like, Hey, who can sew? (laughs) Cause I've got mediocre skills. So if you've got slightly better skills, you're hired. So, (laughs) and that's where you came in, Amanda, you sent me a little email and you're like, Hey, I think I can help you. (laughs) I did. And you know, it was so crazy because I'd been listening to the podcast and then the first time you had mentioned it and then you had somebody and then they backed out and then you mentioned it again on another one. And I was like, oh, they probably already have somebody. And then the next one, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, maybe they don't. So I was like, well, I'll send an email. And I was like, they probably already have somebody. They won't need me. And then when you answered and was like, oh, we don't have anybody. I was like, Oh, oh, hopefully I'm, I can do something good enough then because I'm still learning. (laughs) Well, the good news is we were able to put together a program where listeners, everybody, if you have leftover materials and fabrics, in my case, I had shirts or clothing that had stains on it or had holes in it. I had a whole bedspread because one day my dog ate the bed and ate the beds, like the sheet set with it. So then I sent all the sheets, Tori, our media marketing specialist, 
She also had a whole bunch of leftover fabrics. And then I remember my mom, she does a bunch of sewing as well. She had a bunch of leftovers and scraps. So I gathered all those up. We sent you boxes, listeners sent you boxes, and you've been able to make some really beautiful creations and you spared all of those fabrics and materials and supplies from going to the landfill because they weren't, they weren't good enough to go to a secondhand shop, but we didn't want to go to a landfill. So that's where this whole thing came together. This is like a new avenue for the listeners. And Amanda has made some really, really cool things. You want to tell us about some of the stuff that the listeners can find on our shop? So one of my favorites was honestly the sock dogs. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's (laughs) the most adorable little sock dog. (laughs) I had made my son one just before he was born. Um, And he still has it to this day. He still has it. And that's why I was like, when the socks came, I was like, oh my God, I can make sock dogs because it was so cute and so fun. And I was like, they're just perfect. And then, oh my gosh, the wine bags, that was a little bit of a learning curve. But I will say some of the fabric that came in, it was just beautiful. And it was like one of those things I'm like, how fancy it looked. And there wasn't enough to make something really big. So with that, the wine bags and just the fanciness look to them, I was like, those go with the wine. So the wine bag is designed to be a cloth gift bag designed specifically to hold a wine bottle. And when just looking at the bag itself is very beautiful. And when you actually put a bottle of wine in there and dress it up, it's very gorgeous. Very, very gorgeous. You're right. Cause that fabric, it's very, it's not a, is it like a velvet? It's, it's like a crushed velvet. It's very shiny. It's you did excellent with that. I was very impressed with that. I'm not a wine drinker, but I was like, <laughs> I just want the bag. <laughs> I hear you. Well, and, and that was one of the ones that, and somebody had sent a, oh my gosh, it was like a gold and knitted like sweat sweater and it had the sparkle in it. And that was another one. I was like, oh, wine bag. We'll also make a gift bag, but this definitely screams wine bag. What are some of your other favorites? The gnomes. Oh yeah. The little gnomes. They're so cute. Those sold out. We got to make more for this year. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I've seen ones where they're like pets to go with the gnomes. Oh, are those coming? They might be because they're <laughs> super cute. <laughs> and the gnomes have to have their pets, right? Like they have a family. Now they need their little pets to go with them, you know? Totally. <laughs> but we make some other items. I think one of the more popular items would be the gift bags. Oh, yeah. Just a cloth gift bag, which when I first started doing cloth gift bags be- before we made them for the shop, but when I started doing the implementing them in our house, my husband was like, really, can't we just wrap it with wrapping paper? And I looked at him and I was like, you absolutely hate wrapping gifts with wrapping paper, which is true. He always tries to get me to do it, even for my <laughs> own gifts. He's like, can you just wrap it? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's your gift to me. And I have to wrap it. I was like, no, 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 no. So then I was like, here's a bunch of cloth bags. You just have to put it in and pull the drawstring shut. He was hesitant. And then he did it. And he's like, whoa, I just wrapped all of these items. Like there were 10 of them in less than three minutes. And I was like, yeah, isn't it amazing? (laughs) So that's why when we first started the shop, I was like, Mandy, you got to make cloth gift bags. We got to have some cloth gift bags. And you've done a fantastic job of making those. Thanks. I actually um, mentioned that to my mother-in-law last year about the cloth gift bags because she was saying about the uh, paper 
And she's like, God, I hate having all this wrapping paper and little pieces everywhere and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, you thought about trying these cloth gift bags? Because I think we might be going that way. And she's like, what do you mean, why? And I was like, well, it's more sustainable. And she's like, how? And it's like, well, it's old stuff. And you just kind of make it into a bag again. And then you're not killing trees for this paper. Then you got less mess to clean up. It's way easier to wrap too. Well, and as I told her, I said, so it's not like the paper bags. You don't have the glittery stuff. You know, you don't have to stuff all the tissue paper in. You just tie them up. And she's like, I think I kind of like that. So we'll see this year if anybody else jumps on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, those, the disposable paper gift bags that you buy at the shop, like they range from like $4 up to $12 for those paper disposable gift bags that are covered in glitter that get all over the place. (laughs) I was like, so, I mean, anytime that I receive a gift in those bags, I save them so I can reuse them. But I was like, these cloth bags, we're selling them $4 on the low end for a small one that would do like jewelry and gift cards. And then working your way up in size, the cost does go up a little bit, but on the high end of our large gift bag, we're talking like nine to $10. So it's really about the same as those paper bags that get thrown away. And these are cloth reusable over and over again. And you've got Christmas ones, but you've also got them of all sorts of colors and patterns. So you can use them all year round. You can use them for birthdays and anniversaries or anytime that you need to get anybody a gift. That's so <laughs> true. And if they get a little dirty, cause you know, Kids are messy and they might touch things. You can wash them. You mean cake frosting from a birthday cake might end up on top of that gift bag? (laughs) Yeah. But I'm so attached to my cloth gift bags that when I give somebody a gift and they open it up, I will tell them right then and there, that is a reusable cloth bag. If you're not going to reuse it, I will take it back. Please don't throw it away. I would rather take it back than you throw it away. And they're like, oh, no, no, we'll reuse it. I'm like, are you sure? Because I will totally take it back (laughs) because I really like them. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Then I expect whenever it's my turn to receive a gift from you, it's coming in that bag. And they're like, okay, (laughs) I'm just telling you that's going to be. That's kind of how I was with like any of the like reusable boxes, bags at like Christmas time, or even at birthdays. I'm like, well, if you guys are just going to throw them away, like I'll, t- I'll take them because I'll reuse them. And they were just like, uh, I was like, what's the matter? Like their name's not written straight across the bag. It's on the tag. I'll just reuse it. Oh, okay. Yeah. When we go to my in-laws down in Texas, they're that way. They, they don't do the sustainable thing. All of their Christmas gifts are in boxes, gift card boxes that are all meant to be disposable. And I'm, I'm over there like collecting them all. Yes. <laughs> like, I will use these. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll take all of these bags. I have Santa and everything on them. That's fine. I'll take these. I will reuse them. They're like, you can just throw it away. I'm like, no, I can't. It's physically painful for me to throw all of this away. <laughs> I will be keeping this. I made space in my suitcase for these items, they're coming on the plane with me all the way back to Indiana so I can use them again because I'm the weird in law. So that's fine. <laughs> that's so perfect. We've done that with birthday bags and we ended up using one. It was just a plain one, you know, and we ended up using it at Christmas time. And the person that got it was the original person that had given it to us <laughs> a few years ago. And they were like, wait, I recognize this bag. And I'm like, oh, well, it made its way back, didn't it? It was destiny. (laughs) Exactly. It's been reunited with its original owner. (laughs) 
So other things that we have in the Start Sustainable Etsy shop. Did we discuss why we call it Start Sustainable? I don't think we did. Do you want to explain or do you want me to? I'm going to let you do it because it's perfect. (laughs) We named our Etsy shop Start Sustainable because starting sustainability was already taken because we were not very quick to patent that or copyright it or whatever the special, we didn't legally protect it. So it was totally yanked already. So, so now it's just start sustainable. If you go to the Etsy shop, it's a fitting name. It just, it makes it harder for people to remember. That's the only downside about it. We still want you to start being sustainable. So start sustainable. We talked about the reusable cloth bags, cloth gift bags. We've got other really cool creations. We've got cloth napkins and cutlery kits. So we, we've got the gift bags and we've also got gifts that you can put inside the bags. We totally do. Oh my God. We have, um, there's only a few right now, but there's, I believe it's two adult aprons and two children aprons. Might be more than two for children. I think there might be three because all the kids like to come in and help cook and bake. It's more like baking cookies. They don't really like to cook. It's the baking because they want to lick the batter. Yeah, I was like, it's really the licking the spoon is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. But it's baking season with Christmas coming up. That is true. So then they can get it as a gift, be able to help in the kitchen, maybe wipe their hands on it. Eventually, we'll have some chef hats. And we are hoping to have some garden aprons in time, hopefully for Christmas, so you can give it to your favorite gardener. And they'll be the wrap, like almost like a... um. It'll look like almost like a smock in the front, but the instead of it being like a tie one and pulling on your neck or having to tie it and fiddle with it, it actually crisscrosses in the back. So it's almost like putting your arms in an armhole and then just flopping it over your head. Oh, okay. So you just slide it on. And the gardening yeah. apron, those have bigger pockets because they're designed to hold what, the items that you pick out of the garden. Yes. And you can you put eggs in them too? So if you have chickens, you can put eggs in the pockets too? You could, your biggest problem is going to be when you're walking, if it bangs, you're going to bust your eggs. Oh, okay. But Never mind. you can always make, literally, I've seen the cutest little egg aprons and I'm so planning on making some. They have egg sized pockets individually done. So you just drop them in as you go. Oh, cool. <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about them banging together at all. <laughs> so that's coming soon. Do you think they'll be ready in time for... For people to purchase for Christmas? I think we might have a couple by then. All right. So those will be coming soon, hopefully in time for Christmas. So we'll keep you posted when those get launched. (laughs) So we do encourage listeners to go to Start Sustainable and explore because there's a lot of different items, a lot of variety, a lot of options on there. But if you get on there and you're like, there's just not really anything that's really like catching my eye that I really, really got to have but maybe there's something that you want and it's not there. We, and when I say we, I mean, Amanda (laughs) can do custom orders. So if you say, I really want cloth napkins, but I don't like the ones that you have on there. I specifically want blue ones to match my dining room or red ones to go for the Christmas season. You can request that. And Amanda can dig through the fabric that she has. We're not going to go out and buy a brand new fabric, but we can go through what we have and see what we can come up with. You might get four napkins. You might get eight napkins. It just depends on how much fabric she has, but you can always mix and match, right? You can mix and match colors and patterns. So it doesn't have to be all one set thing. Make it all fun. Yeah. We did have people write in for a request before. Yeah. So the pencil case, 
We started making those. We have a few that are coming out. And I started making them different sizes because as I was making them, some of them I was like, well, that's great for pencils. But what about somebody who's not in preschool that might want art supplies or something that they have to bring with them or the big thick markers? And there's only going to be so many you can fit in a normal size pencil case. So I started adjusting some of them to be bigger and instead of it always being Velcro or zippers, actually, I the zippers are a bit tricky to get out of things sometimes, depending on what they are. But the other problem is the zippers don't always fit that perfectly when most of them are a standard like six inches and you need one that's nine inches. So those we've been kind of playing around with zipper wise, but a lot of them we're doing where you can fold them over and you have a little elastic loop that you can go around the button on. So it holds them in nice and snug too. We're calling them pencil cases, but they're really, it's a multi-use pouch. Oh yeah. So you can put your makeup in it. You can put your loose change in it. You can put your coupons in it. You can put your kids like little knickknack toys in there and take it with you into a restaurant. So that way they can play with them quietly while you're waiting for your food. (laughs) So these can be used for a whole bunch of different things. Are there any other new items that will be coming up pretty soon that you're working on that you'd like to share with us? The kids blankets. So like the little sensory ones for the babies. I want to make some of those and I can use some of the like scrap ribbon that's too small to use for ties or anything and do the loops for them. And then I also want to make almost like little lovey blankets for them to carry around with. I haven't had anybody donate stuffed animals, but my thought was if they give me one that's torn up, you know, the blankets that have like the head and arms, like of a teddy bear on the top, And then the rest of it's blanket. I wanted to try to make some of those and attach some of the old stuffies to that. I like that idea. So no dog toy ones. No dog toy ones. Just just soft, soft, cuddly ones for the babies. So if anybody's got some small, gently used stuffed animals, or if it's uh, like maybe it's got a, a tear or stain on the bottom half, but if the top half is still pretty intact, then you would like those. Are there other supplies that you are looking for specifically that people could donate? Yes, actually Velcro is really good as far as like being multi-purpose. That works real well. Bags, the pencil cases, even making like covers or anything, even for the uh, the food, food stick holder bags. What are food they? Stick holder bag. For the fork and the knife. Oh, cu- cutlery cutlery bag. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like a food, you said food stick holder. And I was like, corn dog. Like that's what my brain went to. (laughs) I'm like, they're the food sticks you stab your food with. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to, I kind of want to keep that part in. That was funny as heck. (laughs) When we forget our words. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like nine o'clock at night and we're both tired. We need more coffee. Not at nine o'clock at night. (laughs) So the Velcro is also useful for a cutlery kit (laughs) or a cutlery bag, which we also sell. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier, but yes, I'm laughing too hard to finish my sentence at this point. (laughs) Okay. So you need Velcro. What else do you need? Any of the all-purpose thread, like just spools of thread, anything like that's always helpful. That way we can get a variety of colors as far as like trying to somewhat match them with the fabric. Zippers of different sizes would be super helpful if they have them laying around, like don't go out and buy them kind of deal. But if for some reason, like, you know, somebody that sews and it's like, oh, I don't want all these zippers anymore. I don't need them. I've never used them. That's awesome. Um, Shoelaces are cordy. 
like the cords that you would use to tie back drapes and stuff, those make really good for drawstrings. Okay. And especially like those in shoelaces, because some of the cording, the way it's braided, I can split them and have multiples out of just one cord. That makes that kind of nice. And then the only other thing is furry fabric or yarn. Okay. So because like the furry fabric I can do more with for like the gnomes and the stuffed animals and same with the yarn because I can, I can work it in to make it more like hair and make them super cute. We do need zippers and cording and Velcro. If anybody has that stuff, that would be great. Or if anybody has extra sewing needles, I think you never have enough of those. (laughs) Always need more of those. All different sizes. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. So if people go around their house and they collect all this stuff, where do they need to ship it to? What's the address? It's 719 Chase Lake Road. So two words for that one. And it's Howell, Michigan. So Howell is H-O-W-E-L-L 48855. All right. So that's Amanda Canfield at that whole address. (laughs) And we have some really good news to share. Because this episode is airing on November 15th. We're obviously recording it a little bit ahead of time. We're recording it on November 4th. But this will be airing on November 15th, which is the week right before Thanksgiving. And I feel like Thanksgiving and Black Friday are kind of like the kickoff to the holiday season. So we have a special promotion that we would like to share with everybody. We are giving everybody 10% off from the 15th of November through the 12th of December on their orders. So that's good. So 10% off is awesome because it's pretty much like tax-free and even a little bit off of shipping. So that's great. Definitely. (laughs) That's really, really good. And we're doing it November 15th because that's when this episode is launching. And we're going to do it through December 12th because if you get anything after the 12th, you're probably not going to get it in time for Christmas at that point. We don't want you to be disappointed, but we would be very happy to give you 10% off of your order at our Etsy shop. So go to start sustainable. And of course, we're going to have that all over our social media, the podcast notes. We'll have it in the link of whatever podcast player you are using. When you click on it to pull up this episode, it'll be down in the description part down there too. So we want to make it easy for everybody to find. Yeah. So that is our special promotion for this holiday season for everybody. So please stop by, start sustainable in the Etsy shop and check it out. Hopefully you find some goodies that you can get for your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers. If you want them for yourself, you can put them on your Christmas list and tell your spouse or family and friends that that's what you want. And you can support the show that way. It's wonderful to have you on the team, Amanda. You do a fantastic job. You're so creative and you have such beautiful projects and your sewing skills are on point. So even though you weren't that new at it, your skills are very strong and you have excellent stitch work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining the team and sharing all of your beautiful creations with all of starting sustainability. Thank you. And if for some reason there's something we don't have that you might want, just let us know. Yeah. You know, what I didn't bring up was if somebody has like a bunch of t-shirts from high school or whatever, and now they're going to be graduating this year, 
you can send those in and Amanda can make a t-shirt blanket or whatever you want and she can send it back. So if you have mementos of special baby blankets or t-shirts or a dress shirt from your dad that might've passed away, unfortunately, she can turn it into a beautiful creation for you. So you can always send a request and we'll be able to come up with something for you and send that back. So don't think that just because you send us your fabrics, you'll never get them back. Like you can, we can totally come up with something. (laughs) We are flexible. (laughs) Yep. Just let us know what you want and we'll figure out either we can make it happen or find something similar. Yeah. Amanda, it has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the show and doing the interview. So all of starting sustainability, all of Sustainer Nation can get to know you a little bit more. Thank you. And I'm going to go sew some more. Thank you again, Amanda. (laughs) Listeners, it was a very stressful week for her. She had a family emergency the night before the interview. And luckily it all turned out okay. But I really want to give her a huge shout out. Thank you so much for still coming on board and doing the interview. And I'm glad it all turned out okay. Listeners, don't forget, starting today, November 15th, you can get 10% off of the Start Sustainable Etsy shop now through December 12th. There's so many sustainable creations in the shop, you will definitely be able to find something for everyone on your Christmas list. Now it is time for the weekly challenge. So I open up my tin here and draw a card. It says, buy less, but buy better. Whether it's a t-shirt or a kettle, invest in items that will last longer instead of buying something cheap that will fall apart quickly and become landfill in a couple of months. To be honest, I believe that is both smart, sustainably and financially, because when you buy the cheaper item and you have to keep replacing it with more cheaper items, (laughs) then did you really save money in the long run if you have to keep buying it over and over? Or you can splurge, which usually isn't even all that much more, and get the nicer one, the higher quality one, the one that comes with a warranty, and it's going to last you much, much longer. Keep that in mind with the holidays coming up where it's gift giving. (laughs) I know me personally, I'm trying not to buy brand new. I'm trying to buy as much used as I possibly can. But if you're not on that part of your journey yet, or if you're trying to buy gifts for somebody else and maybe they're not okay with secondhand stuff, that's where this challenge would come into play, where you can just buy a better quality item that's going to last longer. That is all for today, Sustaineration. But please come back next week when I discuss the results of my first ever hosted Friendsgiving. And yes, I told everybody to be as zero waste as possible. And so I will share how all of that turned out next week. Until then, continue to stay sustainable and have a great rest of your week. Bye. There are so many wonderful people doing amazing things around the globe. If you want to hear more about what we're doing down under, jump on over to Unfuck Your Shopping Cart, a podcast who speaks to companies who have the eco thing down pat with some simple tips and hints on how you or your workplace can make small changes that can add up to a whole lot. Together, we can start a movement and make this planet a whole lot greener.